Mmm, that's good. Good morning, everybody, and it's a new episode of Morning Marketing. That's right, I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. But first, I'm your host, Brett Deister, like always, but I got a whole bunch of stuff going on that's more or less including what's going on in politics, because apparently a lot of businesses do like to, as I now am calling it, virtue marketing uh, their way into consumers' minds. But let's get on with the other stuff. I will be talking about that a little bit. Let's get on with the other stuff that's going on. So first of all, there is this um, new, new survey, I should say, that asks small businesses to rate brands on their trustworthiness. So apparently no surprise here, I guess we could say, is that Amazon is number one. <laughs> oh, Amazon. Now, the thing is, is that it's funny because they, in everybody's mind, I talked to some people about this. I'm like, what, what do you think about Amazon? When you look at a price at like Target or something and you go, oh, you check your phone for the price on Amazon because you want to see if you're, you're getting the best price. So even in consumers' minds, it's it's uh, it's that. It's that type of thing. Now, uh, Yelp was number one in the least trusted, and there is a reason for this. Law small businesses do not trust them because they feel like they're getting uh, ripped off a lot of times. And that's a problem that Yelp has, and they need to actually address this problem because it's not really going to help them very much or at all. So... Those are the those are the, the number one trusted and the number one least trusted. Now there is a list. I'm going to tell you the list of the most trusted. So number one was Amazon. Number two was WordPress, and rightfully so, they're pretty good. Number three was Google. Number four was Mailchimp. Number five is Authorized.net. Number six is Instagram, which is basically Facebook. Number seven is FedEx. Number eight is Square. Number nine is PayPal. Number ten is LinkedIn. Good job, LinkedIn. Now, for the least trusted, number 10 is Angie's List. Apparently, I don't trust them. Number 9 is Groupon. Number 8 is Comcast. And, well, to be honest with you, they they deserve it. Uh, number 7 is Thumbtack. Number 6 is ShipStation. Number 5 is Craigslist. And it, it says for hiring. So, apparently, small businesses don't trust Craigslist for hiring. Well, that's, I mean... Craigslist only gives you out what people may be interested in. Uh, your hiring practices is probably what you're going to be after looking looking at if you're not trusting them for that. Number four is Yellow Pages. Number three is Yext. Number two is Web.com. And as, as I said before, number one is Yelp, at least trusted. Now, it's all interesting because these are basically uh, talking to small business people. And uh, this is their kind of ranking about it. Um, it's good to see that WordPress is up there, and I was surprised that MailChimp was up there. I'm not saying that they are terrible at it, but <clears throat> like I said, it's interesting to see that they're up there as a top 10. Also, that Instagram's up there as well. Would not expect that as at all. But for those that are least trusted, you might want to work a little bit on um, getting the trust back, <laughs> as I would say, because, uh, yeah, the... <laughs> If you're not trusted, people are not going to go to you to actually spend money, and if that's so, you're going to be losing money. It's just, it's just never a good, it's never a good thing, never ever ever. Right, moving on to Twitter and uh, looking kind of at the data of the NFL streams. So, Twitter had this uh, licensing or partnership with NFL to live stream 
uh, some NFL games. Uh, so what they saw overall was kind of a pretty good in, uh, increase in viewership. Uh, the timing was went down uh, from week to week. Um, some weeks were good, some weeks were bad. Like week 11 wasn't very good, but week 13 surged back up as well. Um, we also had, um, there was also Twitter accounted for 74% of overall digital audiences on average. So it's another good thing. And this is all primarily because if you're not looking at live stream video or live streaming in general, you're missing, you're going to be missing out on all these people and you need to really figure out which one you want to use. Now, Twitter had an average of 172,400 more viewers per minute than non-Twitter digital streams. Um, and that's, that's just a good overall ranking. Um, but in general, uh, this is just kind of good numbers for Twitter. And they actually needed a lot more good news because lately they haven't really been doing so well. And so this is just good news on average um, for Twitter. Uh, just to see how it's all, how it's how it's all going. Um, now, digital had a little bit better um, of average minutes per watched, and TV was still trumped it uh, a bit. But TV's been around for quite a while. Live streaming is still a little new, but the digital still beat it out. So I think if we looked at another year or two, looked at the numbers between the two years, we could see, or even three years, we could see a bigger push into the live streaming. It's just, it's still a little bit of a new industry. They're still trying to figure it all out. Um, they are getting better at it and the content's going to get better because of Periscope producers, likewise with Facebook Live as well. Um, so it should be interesting to see what the numbers will be next year and comparing it from this year to next year. But like I said before, if you're not looking at doing digital or at least live streaming, uh, even on like a monthly basis, you're going to be missing out on a huge opportunity in general. So I would actually look into that as much as I could. All right. So there is a new way of, well, getting your, uh, getting people to actually download your app. It's called Branch has come out with an APM or accelerated mobile page deep views it's kind of a new solution uh to you know fast load apm pages uh and this is just to kind of counteract with um probably just declining ways of people are using the browsers usually people will use especially on their phones um apps a little bit more than they'll actually use uh browsers in general i still google search but i mean if i can find it through an app i'm going to use the app first that's just even for me saying it but it's good to see that uh, now deep linking is kind of not really new. Deep views is kind of in the same uh, parameters as this as well. Um, but it will allow you to uh, have content from uninstalled apps be previewed from the search results. So it's another great thing because the problem is with a lot of apps is that thousands upon thousands of apps are put up into the Google Play Store and iOS App Store all the time. And it gets lost. People cannot download all the apps that actually are get unveiled or released onto the app store. It's just way too many and your phone will not have as much memory. <laughs> does not have that much memory, um, especially if you still are using 16 gigs. So what this does, it kind of helps with that, kind of helps find the people that may actually use your, uh, use your site or use your app, I should say. So I would look into this, you're looking for something interesting about this. 
All right, now I'm going to talk briefly about, well, the quote-unquote Muslim ban, because if you actually look in, into the data, it's not really technically a ban. And there's just way too many conflicting reports about what each other said, and uh, that's not the right, not the right program to get into it. However, what I do want to still stress, even though the article I've read is saying not to be neutral, I still say it's be, be neutral. I feel sorry for Uber because they didn't really do anything wrong. Because the funny part is, is that Uber may have cut surge pricing, but they still got people home. They still did their service. And Lyft did the same thing. And Lyft isn't being part of the delete Lyft. There's no delete Lyft um, campaign. There's a delete Uber campaign, but Lyft is off the hook for doing exactly the same thing. And it just doesn't seem really... It doesn't seem consistent in any sense of the word. Unfortunately, in this very politically charged, still, unfortunately, again, I know I said unfortunately twice, but it really is very unfortunate, that businesses now have to tread carefully. Even they do, because they can get a backlash from people not informed enough to understand what's going on. And it's usually my generation that's at fault, because my generation flies off the hook. My generation uh, makes a lot of jump jumps to conclusions without really finding out the facts. Um, I do it every once in a while. I do my best to limit that because I, because a lot of times you just don't know all the facts yet. And the media, I guess I'm a little bit part of that as well. The media really does jump the gun on a lot of their reporting. They will go for, for emotions over intellect and emotions, especially in a marketing standpoint, wins out the day because people will impulse buy, or a lot of times start with emotions and emotions will lead them to actually purchasing. Um, but I still, and I always firmly believe that neutrality will win in the long run. Yes, there will be short-term hurts at times, but in the long run, it will actually help you a whole bunch because once again, generations change, new generations come up and they are not the same as the one prior to it. So Generation Z may not actually feel the same way as Generation Y or Millennials or my generation does. I don't actually think at all of what my generation says. Sometimes I wonder, and sometimes I shake my head at it. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate that Uber was caught in this uh, predicament. I mean, I don't. the only way it was going to happen is that they condemned the quote-unquote Muslim ban. You're wondering why I say quote-unquote, because it technically, from the... From, the actual facts and sources that you actually read, it really wasn't a ban. It was more of a temporary suspension slash hold. And if I'm not going to get into more of that, but it's more on that lines than anything else. Um, plus, last caveat, it wasn't all Muslim countries, so it's technically not a Muslim ban. Uh, anyways, it's unfortunate. I still maintain the idea that yes you should remain neutral yes it, in the long run it will help you better because your customers are not monoliths and do not agree on the same things and if you choose the wrong one it can really damage your brand it could also damage your sales which doesn't help at all but i hope it help it turns out better for uh uber it's not going very well for them not at all not at all all right, so Facebook, um, Facebook's changing the way it ranks videos a little bit. So um, 
Facebook had a controversy last year about uh, its metrics and videos. They weren't actually correct. Uh, they used they they called videos being viewed as three seconds as being viewed. So three seconds or more, it was being viewed, even though it may not actually been fully viewed. And they were, and they were found out, and they decided to change this. Now they're changing it to um, a ranking system where uh, Facebook will rank it higher by completion rate, which I think will actually help catapult better uh, videos in general because basically you're incentivizing making compelling videos from start to finish and less about rambling. But, I mean, we all ramble. Let's be honest. I ramble. I understand I ramble. do my best not to, but sometimes you just do it. Um, but, yeah, I kind of agree with this. I don't think this is a bad metric. I just think I hope they properly implement it and make sure that it is actually working functionally because, like I said before, Facebook did take a huge hit on credibility on their metrics because of last year. So they had a lot of problems with instant articles, with visitors, new versus returning, with their video metrics, with their um, – Ad metrics, some of them as well. They were taking huge hits on that. So it should be interesting to see what's actually going to go on with this. And if it actually will be a good thing or not. All right. So there's this, there's one strategy in marketing called content repurposing. And a lot of people are saying it's kind of a hidden gem. It's kind of a great way of doing it. I, even the most part, I tend to agree with this. Here's the reason why, because you can reuse some pictures, some assets, and kind of find new and inventive ways or creative ways, as you say, to kind of repurpose them to actually help them out. Now, it's usually more static and not very um, well-recognized pictures, as you say, so very nice backgrounds. You could probably repurpose them every once in a while, reuse as well. Um, so I actually tend to agree that content repurposing is a, is a good strategy as long as you're using it wisely and you're not using the same thing from week to week. Or if you're changing bits here and there from it, that's what kind of I do with all my um, pictures from my uh, podcasts is that I kind of re I repurpose them, but I change little bits as in words that I change a little bit from them. So it's not too static enough where it's boring, but it's not, there's little changes enough where people will actually see it and go, oh, this says something different. But um, here's a way you can help yourself. You can do PDF how-to guides, you can make a video. Videos are always good for repurposing, especially pick uh, words. Um, visual presentations like SlideShare. So if you have an old PowerPoint, putting up the SlideShare is a really good way of doing it. Um, creating infographics is another great way. Infographics are very highly visual and they just help um, get your message across, plus a lot of information. And um, because I'm never against it, starting up your own podcast. It's a great way of uh, sharing your knowledge and information, repurposing some of the stuff that you, or information that you already have into audio format that people can download and listen to for free. and just helps, helps gain that um, expertise as well. So those are just a few ways of actually doing it. But like I said, look at your content, see which ones that, that could realistically, and I say realistically as that should be the highest priority for it realistically can be repurposed. Um, try to find clever ways of repurposing it with either different text, different um, filters, I guess you could say, or different ways of reusing it either through Prisma or something like that, reusing it because sometimes your content can actually be repurposed more often than you think. Cause a lot of times we think up, oh, well, I use that. Can't use it anymore. Nope. You could probably use it one more time or five more times depending on how good 
or bad it it is. All right. So it's been said before last week, and I'll say it again. Uh, Facebook Messenger has kind of a new ad format. They call it the more um, newsfeed style uh, ad, and it's it's big, intrusive, and it might break up um, just chat style for people as well. Now, my thing is not to go back into that a little bit more. My thing is to talk about how to not make your ads suck on there because if they're going to be more intrusive, you want to make sure that people aren't going to be bemoaning your ads and hating that you have this ad because, once again, if you have a bad ad, People will let you know, and they will not be afraid to let you know, especially in this day and age where everybody's outraged about something. And if you think they're not outraged about something, oh, they're outraged about something. Believe you and me, they'll be outraged about anything. Um, I, on occasions, do the same thing. I'm human, but I do try to make sure that I don't do it as often. But like I said, make sure that your content is relevant. Make sure your content is targeted to the right people so you're not targeting random people that ha that don't care about your content whatsoever. So if, you, if you're doing like, for example, um, <laughs> condoms, don't try to market it to people that are mostly religious because nine times out of 10, they don't really like that very much. So I would say if you're gonna do these ads, make sure that they are good, highly visual, but also make sure you're targeting it to the right people because that's half of the game. I know you're like, duh. But I'm pretty sure some people don't actually know that. Be like, oh. So keywords, keywords are always good. Make sure you understand your customer in general. Um, that usually means customer uh, personas. Um, those can help. But make sure that you are really understanding your customer and knowing where they're at and basically picking your ad spots really well. That's really all I have to say mostly about that um now on to organic content so you have content repurposing which is kind of just repurposing old assets you already have you have um kind of different others like paid uh content as well but you also have organic or content kind of like organic reach um that kind of will um as kind of posted organically that they that's it's not paid with ads whatsoever, and just really good content that doesn't have any, I would say, too many um, messaging, business messaging in it as well. Um, but it's really highly creative, really great content that people can watch over and over again and share. It's basically shareworthy. Now, usually a lot of viral um, content is organic content because people upload it without any actual paid advertisement behind it whatsoever. Um, but it's so um, it's so entertaining that people will want to watch it over and over again. And I think a lot of brands are missing out on this point just because of mostly how Facebook has done it with getting rid of organic reach in general. Uh, brands and marketers have in a way of always using advertisement to get your message across because that's kind of the easier way of doing it. And it's a way you, you got to play the game with Facebook a lot of times. But it doesn't mean that organic content, organic reach, or anything that is that type of organic is is dead. It may be a little bit um, harder to find. You might have to invest more budget in there, and that's completely understandable, but it's not completely dead quite yet. So I would try to find a way of doing both, having organic content, so posting it on there without any paid reach whatsoever, and having stuff that is paid reach as well. So. 
I'd always have a mixture of stuff, but if you're going to do organic content, make sure it's the cream of the crop of your content. It means it's the best, it's the best you can do at the time. I understand that the time frame and um, budget and just manpower is a finite resource. So make sure it's the best that you can produce at that time. Make sure that one's organic and the other stuff is the paid or mix it up between the two and seeing which one actually um, does it. But um, it is a viable strategy to use organic content for your uh, social media strategy. So I would find ways to interject with it. If you're not doing it, you might maybe doing something wrong. I don't really know. But moving on to Twitter and its announcement of the Explorer tab. So it replaces moments and it kind of puts um, trending topics and moments into kind of one little nice little thing, which also helps probably people actually look at trending topics. Uh, I'm not trending topics, moments. People look at trending topics all the time. I look at trending topics, but moments a little bit more because that was one of, uh, for a while, Twitter's biggest thing is trying to get people to look at the moments. But now it's not as much, so this is kind of a way of um, getting people to do it. It also has a live moments as well, so I would actually look into actually using the moment tab and actually using it effectively, as long as it's a good one. Um, if it's not a good moment, then you're just wasting your time. But like I said, it's been morphed into the Explorer tab with trending now and those moments as well. So we're kind of getting a nice little digest, I guess you could say, all in one. But that is Twitter's new um, new way of pushing moments and streaming content as well. So uh, be, be on the lookout of ours. All right. So, um, so here's the thing a lot of businesses I don't think understand is, and a lot of things I've been trying to, I've been trying to figure out why they just don't understand it. So OkCupid okay came out with this Medium post about how liberal women have more success in dating. And I, they don't really have numbers specifically, and they aren't, they aren't really forthcoming on their own data or letting me see their data set. So I can only give you what they write, which and a lot of times can be a, can be actually misleading at the same time. But they claim that uh, liberal women are the have the most success on their dating site, which could be a signal for a lot of conservative people that this isn't the site for them, which in a way could be hurting your business. But they're saying that um, these women care about the free press, which is highly debatable, um, separation of church and state, which I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, because you could actually make a pretty sound argument about uh, political ideologies as a very religious thing. Or look at Chai LaBeouf's, <laughs> he, will not, he will not divide us because that looked very cultish. Um, there's also that. Also, uh, women on OkCupid okay are very open about sex and like having it. Um, they also think reading is sexy, which it always should be. And that's one thing I actually agree with. Um, but the problem is, is that they've made, uh, when, when you're discussing data, I would always steer clear of using qualifiers like open-minded because you don't have that qualifier and there's no data to back up if someone is open-minded. I could write open-minded on my own Twitter profile and that doesn't mean anything at all. That means absolutely nothing. I could say I'm open-minded and that's a confirmational bias that I am may or may not be as open-minded as I probably should be. 
Um, my other problem is that the freedom of press is that I know my generation, and this is probably more than likely going to be a very highly skewed younger demographic for this um, report because it says most liberal women, and I think um, my generation is highly liberal, sometimes um, unintelligently highly liberal. Yes, I just said that because it, even if you read, doesn't actually make sometimes make you smart. Depends on what you read and what types of areas you read as well. It's not just you read all of like feminist type books doesn't actually make you super intelligent. It actually could make you highly biased at the same time. Um, so I will leave that qualifier there as well. But um, I've seen multiple times through multiple different types of YouTube videos that my generation doesn't understand free press or freedom of speech because it's kind of lumped into the same thing as well. Um, separation of church and state, which is fine because um, it's fine in a way, but the problem is, is that uh, there's a mixture from a liberalism, and I'm talking about the Women's March and liberalism and allowing Islam, the religion, to be part of their march. So even in this general way, it's still highly skewed. There's a lot of confirmational bias in this study in general. And like I said before, okay, Cupid. You may have thought this was an awesome, great qualifying things, and um, and it may be great that you're saying, look, we have a lot of liberal women, but unfortunately, you're going to scare off a lot of maybe the conservative men, maybe a lot of men that actually don't really align liberally to that beliefs. And once again, like I said before, I'm going to be coming back to this. Your customers are not monoliths. They do not agree on everything. And even liberalism as a word has so many gradient different levels of it that this this type of thing is highly corrosive in general to not um, diversify in thought your base. And you could get highly stagnated in one thought that you could be actually losing customers because I'm not really that liberal and looking at this makes me makes it look like I'm not welcome. And if as a customer side if if it says if it seems like I'm not welcome or if I won't have quote unquote success, which I don't really know what success means. Does success mean they get more dates or they stay off the site and get married and have long-term relationships? That's another thing of qualifying success because I've always said this that a lot of dating sites their success rides on having single people. And so they don't want everybody to have success because that means they won't have any more single people because they don't want to have 100% success. Having a moderate level of success is great, but having overwhelming success of finding people, their quote unquote mate, won't help their business model. So there's another thing. And I know I'm kind of going, in, I'm going, I'm going in the deep here. I'm swimming in the deep end. Um, but like I said before, from a more centrist side of it, it doesn't look like I should be here anymore. It looks like it almost looks like I'm not welcome here, which by the way, this is data. This is data from their own audience. So once again, how are they marketing and who are they marketing to is another thing. And um, just how the other news medias picked it up, Mashable picked it up and said it's a triumph and Refinery29, which is still isn't, to be honest with you, Mashable is a laughing stock of tech news because they're not really tech news anymore. And Refinery29, I barely read anything from them because it's not that good, to be honest with you. And that's more of a 
personal opinion than anything else. You can like it, whatever you want. No qualms about me. Um, but like I said before, they were picking it up as, see, this is, see, you need to be liberal because look at, and I'm like, oh, no, it means nothing to me. It means I should, probably shouldn't be on there anymore, to be honest with you. Um, but but they, at least they did say that we define successful women as those deactivating their OkCupid profiles because they met someone on the site. Now, there's another qualm with this because I don't really know if they answer truthfully or not because it could be like, I just don't want to be here anymore. And I've talked to a lot of different women that are kind of like are sick of it. I've even called online dating a dumpster trash fire that is screening down a mountain into a lava pit. Um, yes, it's very hyperbolic, hyperbole. I'm willing to admit that. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of qualifiers on here. I mean, one, one line they're talking about, and those results reveal spectac something spectacular. Women who find success on OkCupid are totally bad A. I mean, I'm trying to keep this clean because uh, that's what I mark it as. So that's another qualifier to, well, how do you know they're awesome? Have you actually specifically talked to every single one of them? No, you probably haven't. You're looking at the data. The data can't tell you that type of qualifier. It just tells you what may seem more desirable to your own, um, to your audience. And it's not saying that conservative women can't find success at all. I'm not going to be saying that because I think it's highly um, manipulative and highly misleading in general. Now, they could say on our audience, we found that this is, that's totally fine. But making qualifiers like they are, okay, but are totally bad A means that they are highly skewed into this one political ideology and they are missing a whole other demographic or whole other uh, diversity of thought or thought, I should say, because they like this one in, in general. And that's all I'm saying about that. Everything else seems interesting. There's There are a few problems, which is leading me to another thing. So there is another article about corporations needing to find their voices and about standing up for what's right. I will always say, you do not know your customers. And I'll say this one more time because it is, needs to be important. Your customers aren't monoliths. They do not agree on everything. They will turn against you as soon as you're not the popular opinion. This is not, you do not play the popularity contest in business because if you are dead wrong, you will be affected by this. And there is no way to change that and trust is lost really quickly. Once again, be neutral. I know it's tough and I know it will hurt every once in a while, but be neutral, especially right now, especially with the quote unquote Muslim ban, which wasn't really a ban when you actually look into the actual data, look into what it actually said and actually dig deep into what is, what is, I guess the truth, I guess you could say is probably the most better word for it. Now, the problem is, is that, and I said this before, Uber didn't do anything wrong. They actually did absolutely nothing wrong. They just said, hey, look, we disagree. I'm on, quote unquote, the Trump economic panel, which apparently Disney um, and a whole bunch of other big companies are on there, too. So if you're all going to get mad at, at him, you got to get mad at a whole bunch of things like Google, Apple and all those other ones as well. They're all on this economic forum, which I don't know why they're grandstanding, but it's kind of my attention, or at least my understanding about, I'm actually coining this phrase, 
virtue marketing. Now, it's pretty close to virtue signaling because the problem is that companies are standing up for virtue saying, we believe in this and um, you should believe in us with us. And, ah, we're the company that fights for right. And this is my problem with my generation is that we created this monster. We don't understand that we don't always have it right either. I get it. There's some things that the older generation did to us that hurt, but we're 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 just as human as they are, and we're messing up big time now. Like I don't see, I don't see a way out that's going to be good for this. To be honest with you, and the virtue marketing that Starbucks has done, and you know, what? I have no problem with what Starbucks does. They have stuff for veterans, but to virtue market like, and Google has done this, Microsoft has done this, Airbnb has done this. Um, and a slew of others, if you are not careful about how you message this, you could either have them really turn against you really quickly and it will be really quick and swift because my generation doesn't know humility and or, you know, relax. <laughs> yes, I will make fun of my generation as needed and it's needed right now. Um, and the problem is, is that you don't, you may think you're the majority opinion because there is an echo chamber going on for quite a while. There's been an echo chamber in the media, but to be honest with you, numbers can be numbers can be falsified, numbers can be skewed, questions can be skewed, stats can be skewed, and so in general, you, you could think you're on the side of right and be completely, utterly dead wrong. And I get it. This doesn't look good. This suspending people from airports and whatnot may not look good, but it is what it is. I mean, regardless, right or wrong, it is what it is. And if the, if the prior president did this, maybe we should look into doing something like this. I know I'm going a little bit more off marketing than I should, but my point is that Starbucks, yes, it sounds great on paper. It sounds great as a nice soundbite, but you have to understand is that you not only service or serve liberal people, but you also do it for the centrists. You also do it for the independent. You also do it for the, ironically, the NR, <laughs> the black bloc. You do it for the conservatives who will definitely not agree with you and will say boycott Starbucks because how they view it is that there's a front to their own ideology, their own way of thinking, and you're picking a side. And if you pick sides, this can negatively impact you. Just talk to Target and their bathroom policy last year. It didn't go well for them because they dropped 20% in sales. Yes, it will hurt if you aren't careful. And I don't I don't want to see, no matter how big a business is, I don't want to see any, any of them fail. But if you keep on doing this, you have a higher probability of failing because you keep on doing this. I get it. It's the right thing to do. It sounds great. It sounds nice, but do it on your own time. Personally, I don't care what you do. On your own personal time, you are your own person. You aren't the company. The company isn't you or your podcast actually is. But like Starbucks and them, for the most part, it's not just one person. It's multiple people with different types of diversity from skin color to gender, which there are only two, to um, thought as well, which is more diverse than anything else because thoughts can be completely diverse and completely different. 
But the problem is be careful about your virtue marketing and be careful what virtues, virtues you think you're trying to convey because not everybody's going to agree with you and make sure that you are well prepared for the sales dip that might come from this because it's going to happen. If you virtue market, eventually it's going to hurt you because right is not always right to everybody, unfortunately. And what you see, some people may not see, not saying that there is no absolutes, just saying that people don't see always eye to eye on it and doing marketing that way is very Russian roulette for marketing. You don't know when that bullet's gonna come up and when it's gonna kill you, but you know it's there and you know if you play your hand too long, it's going to hurt. So I, oh, I implore you businesses, just stay out of it right now. This is a very public culture thing. Do not wade into the culture wars. Do not wade into any of that. Stay out of it. Personally, do whatever you want. Make your own, um, make a different account that's not tied to anything whatsoever. But do not get your business involved unless you are ready to suffer consequences because you will. It's going to happen. I don't care what if people like Lyft a lot better than Uber. Lyft's going to suffer because they advertise on the Daily Wire, which is very conservative. Kind of weird. Yeah, you can quote me on that because I've seen it on the Daily Wire. Trust me, I love I, I like watch very different sites of news sources. I know where they all advertise, and Lyft doesn't just do liberal ones. Sorry, guys. They're not as virtuous as you thought they were. Uh, but yeah, like I said, always remember your customers aren't monoliths. They aren't, they don't think one thing just because there are con consumer personas, it doesn't really intactly, it doesn't really quantify the level, the depth, or the diversity of thought. And that's my problem with a lot of this stuff is that we are all, as humans, because we do this because of how our mind works, we all a lot of times um, kind of generalize the stereotype, specific types of people, and it, it does with everybody. It does it from conservatives to liberals to li independents, libertarians to white, black, Hispanics, whatever, down the range of it. And I'm not saying people of color because, well, I'm just saying color because technically we're all different types of colors. <laughs> um, anyways, um, that's kind of my thing about it. There are some biases going on. I think a lot of companies need to look at this, especially from OkCupid. I get it that your success, now people could say, hey, yeah, I found success and be like, I don't want you to know why. Because people are very highly distrustful, a lot of businesses as well. So there's that. So I do kind of call into question their bias and data, especially when they make qualifiers as these women are bad A or awesome women or anything like that. I think every woman's awesome. I may not agree with you, that's fine. I don't have to agree with you. But I think everyone's awesome from the most extremist. Well, maybe not the most extreme. Let's just dial that back. Extremist views are pretty bad in general because they are usually highly um, skewed, highly misinterpreted, and highly, well, not based in reality. Anyways, stay out of it. Stay neutral. Like I said, in the long run, it will help you a lot because as generations come and go, they always change pendulum swifts pretty quickly a lot of times, and you gotta be you gotta be willing to adapt to it. If you're not willing to adapt, you're in trouble. All right, things to try out this week for apps. So Dropbox announced a new thing called Smart Sync, which allows you to access every file in your Dropbox and every folder that has been shared with you right from your desktop. 
So it was a good thing. I, I think I like that. People use Dropbox a lot, and Dropbox is a great way of doing it. So um, why not use it? It's, it's so good. Anyways, check that out. Also, if you're looking for um, deep insights to contact marketing or any influencers out there, try Social Animal. Uh, this is a great way to find influencers. Now, there is a there, there is a price to this, as always, and I always try at least to inform you about the prices, as always, with Dropbox for Business. There's always a price for that. If you didn't know, well, now you know. So for live versions, $49 a month. Agency is $99 a month. And enterprise is $299 a month. Annually, $490 a month for the light, $990 for the agency, and $2,990 for the enterprise. So check it out. Especially if you're looking for influencers, might be a good thing for you to look at. There's also a GitHub for this is clickbait and this. And I don't actually always say to say things are fake news because, well, skewed ideologies, etc. But um, for businesses, I do think that you should really check on what you're actually going to be promoting, because if it is fake, it could actually really hurt you. So check it out. It's called this is clickbait. And that is the end of mar morning marketing. And guys, I hope you have a great morning. Um, be safe out there. Uh, try to be neutral as much as you can when you're working. And as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and many others. Also, follow Digital Coffee on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Gaming, Player.me, Anchor Radio, and so much more. Also, um, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon or Podbeat. I really appreciate it. And I have some great t-shirts and coffee mugs on Digital Coffee Store, Digital Coffee Podcast Store, excuse me. So come back on Wednesday when I talk about all the tech news. And unfortunately, it's going to be still be political because it's, it, it's, that's just that's just what we're in. Anyways, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your day and see you Wednesday. Later.